This is Meditations for Misfits. Welcome. I'm Fred Gruy. So in the last podcast, I talked about uh, spiritual growth and how we might engage what I call the dying well paradox. Contemplating our death compels us to living a fully engaged life now, and living fully now is the best preparation for our death. How can we use this insight for our own spiritual growth? Which leads to the question, what can be considered as evidence of spiritual growth or maturity anyway? Well, over the years, I've developed a list of what I call spiritual vital signs to help me determine what's really going on inside inside someone's soul when I first meet them. Now, here's my list of spiritual vitals. Gratitude, generosity, submission to reality, and an ability to shower the people you love with love. And yes, I know I stole the last one from James Taylor. But anyway, these are the qualities I look for when I meet a new patient or person that I'm serving to help determine the relative health of his or her soul. These are the signs I look for to see if someone is really alive. Now, the Benedictine monk David Stendhal Rast has famously promoted the mantra, it's not happiness that makes us grateful, it's gratefulness that makes us happy. And a brief scan of the TED Talks library will give you an indication of the growing awareness of the importance gratitude holds for spiritual and mental well-being. I've learned that gratitude is something I can cultivate. It's magnetic. The more I express gratitude, the more I find to be grateful for. Uh, Sadly, I've also learned the same is true for ingratitude. The more I bitch, the more I find I can bitch about. Now, in recent years, there's also been a growing body of research to demonstrate that simply doing three kind things a day for others can help lift depression, improve sleep, and increase spiritual resistance. Generous behavior is evidence of a soul that's been humbled by the reception of grace and understands the deep connection we all have with each other. I've never met a truly generous person who is not aware of how much they've been given as a gift, and the natural response is to share that gift with others. Conversely, stinginess and a sense of entitlement are symptoms of a grace-starved soul. Now, by submission to reality, I mean one's ability to simply and humbly accept the impermanent nature of life. All living things die. Over the years, the folks that I've met and served who can accept this fact generally die a much less painful death. Those who insist on fighting the inevitable, as Dylan Thomas would say, rage, rage, rage against the night. Those who refuse to give up when the end is in sight, they often need a lot more heavy-duty painkillers at the end. Now, in serving the nearly 3,000 departed souls I've met over the years, never once has someone said to me, Well, I wish I'd have gone to more football games. Or, I wish I'd have spent more time online. Or, boy, I wish I could have done more shopping. What matters most to the people I've met at the end of their lives are the ones they love and who love them. 
Now, Jesus taught there is no more important investment we can make in this life than loving God and those whom God places in our lives. And so for many years as a practicing Christian, I thought this is what I needed to do to make God happy. (laughs) Well, to my joyful surprise, I've discovered this is what truly makes me happy. So these are my spiritual vital signs anyway, signs to give me an indication of how really alive someone's soul is, or are they really truly awake to the wonder of life, or are they asleep, simply eking out an existence without truly engaging this miraculous gift of life. When the years that I've worked with death as a hospice chaplain and felt his presence at the bedside of a dying patient, I've thought about his costume. I mean, what's with the hooded cowl? And I've wondered if death uses the cowl to hide his own grief, grief at having to come and collect folks who never really lived, who've never given their hearts freedom to love, and to be loved. They were were so afraid of what others thought, or they were seduced by culturally unachievable standards of wealth and beauty and knowledge, or, or traumatized by painful life experiences that they spent their limited precious moments in a self absorbed sleepwalk. Why is the Grim Reaper so grim? Maybe because he aches so deeply for the missed opportunities we all had to really live. So of late, I've been working to strengthen my own spiritual vital signs. I want to do this while I still can. So I look for opportunities to be generous, especially with my time, which is very hard for me. Surrendering to the things I cannot change, battling the ones I can, and praying to know the difference between the two, as our 12-step brothers and sisters would teach us. I start every day praying for the grace and the courage to be Chaplain Fred for yet another day, and I ask God for the openness of heart to use this day as a treasure hunt, that in the midst of all my tasks, the daily phone calls, the traffic, the charting, the emails, the meetings, I pray that I will see at least three people every day. I mean really see them, see what's beautiful and special about them, and then find some way of communicating that to them. So I want my life to be a blessing for others. I've come to the realization that all I seek at this point in my life is to be a good man. I want to spend my remaining days telling the people I love why I love them. I want to reflect back to them the beauty I see within them. I want to be a conduit of God's grace rather than a participant in the fear of not enough. I want to be kind and generous, trusting that if I give myself to these tasks, I might actually become the person God dreams for me to be. I want at the end of my days, as I lie on my deathbed, for the last words to cross my lips to be thank you. I want when my friend death comes for me, he won't be crying, but he will have a gentle smile and a knowing glance indicating that I really lived. 
Thank you so much for allowing me to spend these few moments with you on your journey today. And if you'd like to contact me, my email address is fred at fredgruy.com. For a blessing, I would like to offer this beautiful poem by the Irish author John O'Donohue. It's called Benacht. On the day when the weight deadens on your shoulders and you stumble, may the clay dance to balance you. When your eyes freeze behind the gray window and the ghosts of loss get into you, may a flock of colors, indigo, red, green, and azure blue, awaken in you a meadow of delight. When the canvas frays in a hurrah of thought and a stain of ocean blackens beneath you, may there come across the waters a path of yellow moonlight to bring you safely home. May the nourishment of the earth be yours. May the clarity of light be yours. May the fluency of the oceans be yours. May the protection of the ancestors be yours. And so may a slow wind work these words of love around you, an invisible cloak to mind your life. 